place where ambition meets inspiration. Zero to Woman is more than just a podcast. It's a movement. A celebration of the fearless women who are ready to level up in their careers, businesses, and personal development. Each week, we'll dive into practical strategies, share empowering stories, and provide actionable insights that will propel you forward on your path to success. From the boardroom to the entrepreneurial world, and from work-life balance to personal growth, we will cover it all. I'm your host, Jifa Mensa Okwata. Let's get started. Hello, everyone. I'm excited to bring you this episode today. My name is Chifa Mensa Okbata, and I'm the host. Today, I have with me in the studio a very good friend of mine, Chamaka Ngulisa. She is a senior software engineer at HelloFresh in Germany. Today's conversation is all about tech, business, financial independence, and personal development. You're going to enjoy every bit of this, so stick and stay with us. Good to have you. Thank you. How are you doing? Good to be here. I'm doing great. Thank God. Yeah, How are you doing? I'm good. I'm so happy to have you here. Like, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm delighted to be here. Thank you. Thank you so much for, for coming. I know that this is your first podcast feature. Ever. And you have been avoiding this for a while. <laughs> <laughs> so I feel very honored to be the first one to have you yeah. on podcast. And the Zero to Woman community is grateful. So thank you. Thank you. What is your earliest childhood memory? I think earliest childhood memory for me, probably, I have some childhood memories that are not so good, but I'm just going to mention the one that, you know, it's kind of good. Um, when I was about five, my mom brought home a home computer. I remember it like it was yesterday because I was so giddy. I was so happy because I was like, what is this box? What is this thing with a screen and keys? And I remember I just, every time I had a spare moment, because we had to do chores and homework and blah, blah, blah. So anytime I had like a spare moment, I was always on in front of the computer trying to play with it, trying to play games. I didn't know what it was. I just knew that I was attracted to this thing, this box. Yeah. yeah so that's like my earliest childhood memory. Interesting. So at what point did you decide that you were going to be a software engineer? Um, I think this was in university, um, in, in primary school, I was really good at computers because I had one at home. So I just used to play around in class and, uh, in science as well, I was really good at it. So I kind of won, um, awards, two awards. I remember, uh, one was best in computer. One was best in science. So I remember when I was about to get into university, I didn't know what to do. I knew I didn't want to be a doctor because seeing blood just made me squirm. And my dad really wanted me to be a doctor. So I knew that was not for me. So I asked my brother, like, is there anything like science computer or computer science? Just trying to mix the two things that I was really good at in primary school. Yeah. And my brother was like, yeah, yeah, that's computer science. I was like, okay, that's what I want to do. I had no idea about programming. I had no idea about building software, nothing. I just knew that I had a flair for computers and science. I really liked science. So um, when I got into university, I 
started seeing, we had this class, computer programming 101. And I was like, what is this? <laughs> it was fun. And at the same time, it was kind of terrifying. Yeah. Like, what is this? So I saw like some classmates coding and I was like, hmm. And then I had a friend who, he wasn't really my friend at the time. He was just someone I knew that was in my department. And I knew he was making a lot of money. And I wanted to know how he was making money. So I reached out to him. I was like, yo, I want to learn this. What are you doing? How are you getting money? How do you have money? <laughs> and then he's like, oh, there's this thing I do called coding. I was like, so this thing that we do in class, you're actually using it to make money. He's like, yeah. And I'm like, I want to do that. And then he gave me an assignment. Because usually that's his way of making people go away. Yeah. But he didn't know. Chama guy different too. <laughs> Chamaka is different. So I did the assignment. I came back to him. I was like, hmm, you came back. Okay. And then from there on, I started learning about coding, software, engineering. I was like, oh, this is what I want to do. If it's going to give me money uh, whilst I sit at home, and come on, that's it for me. That's the right job. Yeah, that's (laughs) the right job for me. Like, I don't have to wear a suit and go into the field and blah, blah, blah. So I was like, yeah, yeah, that's what I want to do. So after uni, you went to MIST, right? That's where we met. What influenced your decision? Why did you leave Nigeria to come to Ghana Mm. to study entrepreneurship and software entrepreneurship? Yeah, there's some personal things that kind of like in the mix that kind of um, influenced my decision to do that. Um, But... I knew that, okay, I needed to learn more stuff because in university, I didn't really, I just wanted to pass. Yeah. I just wanted to get first class to kind of help my mom because she really wanted me to get a first class. Mm-hmm. So I kind of powered through, got a first class in computer science, but I didn't really know how to program. I just yeah. knew surface level things. So during my NYC, I was working um, in a ministry during... There's this thing called NYC. If you don't know about it, uh, National Youth Service Corps. It's yeah. a Nigerian thing. Yeah, we have that in Ghana as well. Like yeah, but you guys call it something else. Yeah, yeah. so went for that for a year. Um, was learning how to code on the side. Didn't really have any experience. I was just putting things together. And I was talking with a friend. I knew I didn't want to be in Nigeria because I kind of worked in Nigeria um, during my... IT year, this thing where we go out to work for six months. Okay. And I knew I didn't want to do that. I didn't want to be in Nigeria, in Lagos particularly, because I was like, nah, Lagos is too chaotic for me. Mm. I'm a very laid back babe. I'm a fresh babe. I cannot no come stress. and kill myself. I cannot come and kill myself. And Lagos is like a jungle. Mm. And I was like, nah, I'm not going to do that. So I was talking with a friend called Ben. And Ben was someone I met in during IT. Mm. And he was like very good in the industry. He was already very big. And I remember talking to him and he was like, oh, there's this thing called MESS. Are you interested? I was like, what is that? And he's like, it's called Meltwater Entrepreneurial School of Technology. I was like, okay. A mix of entrepreneurship, a mix of software, yeah. a mix of business, communication. I'm like, come on. Say less. I mean. <laughs> so I went through the website. I remember I went through the website so many times. And I convinced myself, like, okay, this thing is really good. I'm going to try it. So I applied for it. I was serving somewhere called Abelkta, which is in Ogun State, which is the state beside Lagos State. 
like not too far, like it's a two hour drive. Okay. So I came in without my parents' knowledge. I came into Lagos. I stayed at this my friend's house. I had the first interview for MEST. I passed it, went back to Abeokuta. Then they called me again for the second interview. I came back to Lagos without my parents' knowledge. Because <laughs> I didn't want to tell anybody because yeah. I just wanted to do it as low-key as I could. Mm-hmm. And if I got it, great. Fine, yeah. If I didn't, no one knows. And it turned out that that decision, that one year changed the trajectory of my life. And um, I, I came, uh, I got in. I remember the whole thing was very, uh, I think we had a lot of people who applied from Nigeria and they only picked 20, I think. And I was the only girl that they picked. Yeah, I remember. After stumbling in my interview, which is a story for another day. <laughs> so <laughs> I think it was just God orchestrating my steps and making way, making a way for me because I really wanted to get out of Lagos, of Nigeria at the time. So that was my way out. That was my ticket out. And I'm really grateful to God. When you were speaking about mess, you said that that changed the trajectory of your life. Yeah. In what ways? I think in a very practical sense of it, um, my eyes were open to possibilities that I didn't conceive at the time. I didn't see at the time. And being in an environment where our sole aim was to build a software business. So there were people who had talents. Like some people were gifted with business. Some people were gifted communication-wise. Some people were gifted technologically-wise. I was just there and I felt like being in that environment supercharged something in me that is still working now so that's why I say it changed the trajectory of my life I completely agree yeah I I, I'm a witness too so yeah no long talk I I completely agree (laughs) like it's still working you know somehow somehow, that exposure is still working Uh, Yorn thank you yeah thanks to Yorn yeah he sponsored our entire time there so thank you it was just having to just only focus on learning and building building. (laughs) come on it was the best gift anyone ever gave me because i didn't have to worry about food i didn't have to worry about money accommodation accommodation i didn't have to worry about any of that even flying from nigeria i remember my dad kind of hesitant and I was like oh no no you don't need to pay anything and he's like huh my mom thought it was a scam <laughs> you remember my dad <laughs> my dad thought it was a scam because so. it, it sounded too good to yeah, be true it's too good to be true but then having something like that changed my life so to yarn I am forever grateful to you yeah same. I didn't get to build a business but the skills I took from there lifelong lifelong no one can take it away at all at all i mean you did build a business from there actually i remember yeah and that brings me to my next question how did you decide that you didn't want to do entrepreneurship anymore because you built a business it was funded yeah and it was it was a good idea it's the business is still running till date yeah Although there's been a lot of pivots around it. But it's a thriving business. And I think that if you were there, it would still be what it is now. How did you come to a conclusion that you didn't want to become an entrepreneur at the time 
but you just wanted to focus on being a developer? This is a very loaded question because for me, a lot of things that I've done have been influenced by uh, circumstances around me. And this is something I've never spoken about before. So this is the first time I'm going to talk about this. And because you're my girl. Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So for me at the time, I wanted to focus on software engineering because I needed money. I didn't have time to build a business and struggle. I needed money. And I needed money because I had circumstances behind me like I had family things that I had to take care of yeah I had my mom I had to take care of and I was at the point where I had known about the needs for years and I just kept telling myself when I'm done with school when I'm done with school when I'm done with school I was done with school I didn't have time to waste yeah not let me not say waste because building your own business is never a waste. waste yeah but I didn't have time to wait for the business to fly, to take off. Get that. I needed money now. I needed it yesterday. <laughs> so I I didn't I, I couldn't. Um I think for me the the things that I had pending, the, the chains that I had ar- around my neck, they were too tight for me to work on a business that I had no idea when it was going to blow, in quotes. So yeah. I I had to make a very tough choice, a very tough decision. And I decided, you know what? Let me put business on the back burner for now. It's not something that I have put away and said I'm never going to do. It's something that I still have in my future. I just needed to get financial stability first before I, I started doing that. So I made that choice at the time. I do not regret the choice. Uh, God has a plan for everything. And I, I'm following who knows the road, which is God. So That's it. I have no, I have no fears. I have no worries. Mm. I made a choice that was good for me, good for my mother at the time, and it's paying dividends still now. So yeah, that, that was a bold decision to make. Yeah, because at the, I I remember it wasn't an easy decision to it make wasn't. at the time. You know, it there wasn't. were just like so many people talking, so many saying so much, so many things so to derail you from that many things and uh, i remember at the time my co-founder was like oh you'll be like the first cto blah 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 and it just wasn't entering my ear because i'm like this money that we've been given i can't spend it on myself because exactly. i know it's for the business yeah. and if i spend it on myself it's theft mm-hmm. and i'm not a thief so i'm going to put this money into the business we were talking about salaries we're not sure if we're going to pay ourselves i was like oh, man i got problems <laughs> I got problems. I got financial problems to take care of. I'm sorry. I cannot. And I remember he was scared because he thought the funding was going to be pulled. He thought, you know, without me on board, there was going to be some issues. He thought I was going to fight for, you know, equity. And I was like, no, I leave everything. I promise I leave everything. I even onboarded the next CTO. I was like, I'm going to leave everything. I don't, I don't have an issue I'm not going to fight for you. I'm not going to fight anything over over anything. I, I don't mind. Now it's a really big business and yeah. I'm super happy for him. Yeah. But at the same time, it's, it's like, it's what it is. You went with your journey. I am super proud of you. Uh, I am super proud of me because yeah. I went with my own journey. We went two different ways. We would see at the top. 
somehow. That's it. <laughs> somehow, but yeah, definitely at the top. So you've been doing this for nine years, approximately. Mm. How has your role evolved? I think I would put a distinction between um, 2014 and when I started working professionally. Okay. Because 2014, I graduated school. My skills were not that great. Um, but I think I started working professionally as a software engineer in 2017-ish. Um, I remember I tried to look for a job for a long time. From 2016, I was trying to look for a job after quitting my startup. And I couldn't find a job. And I remember like, the whole thing was just like messing with me. And no one wanted to give me a chance. Because I was new to the industry. I didn't really have the skills. But I, I had the hunger. I was hungry. I was hungry. So um, how my role has evolved, I think I started out as, uh, I started out working for a friend, our mutual friend. Yeah. And then I worked on the mobile app at the time. And from there I moved to the web. Uh, I would say from then till now, my role has evolved in that I'm no longer a code monkey. Uh, there's this term we use called code monkey where people give you things to do. They figure out the, the abstract, make it concrete, give it to you. And then you all you have to do is just put your key, your fingers on the keyboard and type. Um, I'm no longer on that trajectory. Um, and that is that comes with experience. It comes with time. And it also comes with grace. Yeah. Um, and I am on the path where I want to start doing, I'm on the path where I'm doing things where it's no longer just taking care of concrete things, like uh, being a code monkey, just typing and writing code, but also talking to people, trying to figure out what the problem is, trying to figure out how to solve the problem and just dealing in the abstract. So that is one thing that I know that I really wanted to get to. And now that I'm there, it is very interesting. It's, a very, it's very gray because you have to do a lot of the heavy lifting at the beginning. But the execution part, the implementation part, I kind of take my hands off and let other people do it. So that's something that I, I would say has evolved in my career as a software engineer. That means that you manage the other people who have to do the implementation. Yeah. So how is it like managing these people? Um, and now we are moving to managerial skills, like beyond the software, and now you have all these other tasks. Because you are not implementing, but you are clearly managing. And one thing I know about managing is that you are managing emotions, you know? Yeah. So how, how do you go about that? Um, I think it's a different set of skills. Um, I think um, most times... People categorize it as soft skills and hard skills. Hard skills are like the code monkey skills where yeah. you, you need to understand the basics of what you're doing. You need to understand the basics of code, how to write it, how to construct your code. But the soft skills is dealing with people, mm. like communication, uh, figuring out, okay, 
you, you're doing this, how is it going? Like just trying to check in with people and trying to figure out, okay, what do you need help with? What can I assist you with? Mm. So it's the people side of things now. And it's a different, there are different set of skills. And um, how I've been able to learn it, I don't know. <laughs> to be honest, I don't know. I just, uh, I, I watch people a lot. The people that I look up to, there's some people in my company currently that I see them doing these things and I see them, you know, planning projects. I see them ex- um, like distributing it and explaining what to do and being available for people to ask them questions on how to implement it. And I, I watch them. I, I learn by example. So I like to... I like to kind of watch people that are inspirations to me. Even if they don't know officially that I that I am their mentee or they are my mentor. I from the background I kind of okay, how are you doing this? How are you doing this? I just take notes for myself and that's how I've been able to learn the skills. Like I see what they're doing, I save it, I kind of look at it, okay, this person is communicating this way, this person is talking like this, this person is talking like this, this person is breaking things down like this. And I just I copy them. That's interesting. And a nice way to go about it. Yeah. Yeah. It's Learning free. by observation. It's free. And I don't yes, I don't need is. to put pressure on you yeah. to teach me. Yeah. I can just copy you and teach myself. Mm-hmm. And then if there is something that I don't know how to do, then I reach out to you and be like, oh, how did you do this? And people are, you'll be very surprised. People are always very helpful. Yep. And when, especially when they feel like they are influencing your thought pattern and how you observe, like you're observing them, you're learning things from them, they are honored. So if yes. you come to them and say, oh, um, I saw how you did this. I'm, I'm curious, how, how can I go about it? They're like, oh, okay, you saw. You're watching. You're watching. Somebody's watching me. Okay, I can teach you for free, like without any... Um, Without any reservations, without any uh, like feeling like you're pressurizing them, nothing like that. So that is how I've been able to learn over the years. And that's how I pick up skills that I don't have, that I see in other people. What would you tell someone who wants to, a woman actually, who wants okay. to go into tech or STEM in general? Okay, I'll speak from two perspectives. The first being... The initial perspective of Chamaka when I wanted to enter the industry and I wasn't getting jobs. Um, it depends on what you're optimizing for. Mm. I, at the beginning, was optimizing for money. Yeah. Because I needed to be financially free. And I remember because when I couldn't get any jobs, and I was still doing work, you know, at night, just trying to um, improve my skills. I had to get a job as a writer. And I remember I I got a job as a tech writer in a firm, in a boutique firm. And at the time, it didn't make sense to me. Like, why am I working as a writer when I actually want to be a software engineer? But for me, because I was optimizing for financial freedom, I took it. But glory be to God, 
those skills that I gained at the time, it has influenced my my current skills. So first thing I would say is wherever you find yourself, do good work, no matter what. I found myself as a writer and I did it to the best of my ability. The best way, the best way I could. That's the first thing. No matter what you're doing. I know people who have switched from biology to tech. I know people who have switched from uh, consulting like um, or event planning to tech. Those skills are transferable. No matter where you find yourself, do good work. And two, don't, tell, don't let people tell you what you can and cannot do. Period. Do not let people tell you. Because people already have these limitations of themselves. And one thing about humans, they will always try to project on you. So if you know you can do something, even if it doesn't seem like it at the time, it doesn't, like your reality is not meshing with what you want, don't let people tell you you can't do what you want to do. Like, that's how I would go about it. Because I remember, like, people have told me, yeah, you're just a, you're just a code monkey, you're just a programmer, you know, you just write code. But, I know where I want to get to. I eventually want to build a business. Mm -hmm. This is just a means to an end right now. And no one would tell me I cannot build a business eventually because I'm sorry, I'm not hearing you. It's not entering. It's not entering. So that's what I would say. Um, Don't let anybody tell you you can't do what you want to do. And whatever you find your hands to do now, do it as for the Lord. Yes. If you're a Christian, if you're not a Christian, do it to the best of your ability. But that is what it means. Do it as for the Lord is to do it to the best of your ability. Do good work. Yeah. Mm. Do good work. So let's go into personal development. Okay. I know you love to read. Yeah. You read a lot. Yeah. And I remember that back in the day, whenever you were asked, about your hobbies, you would say you liked watching documentaries. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I found it like, oh, wow, like this is so fancy, yeah. right? But like, I know it's true because I've seen you. Um, is it the same now? What are the main ways you develop yourself outside of, you know, like software engineering? Mm-hmm. Mm. I still like watching documentaries because I feel like documentaries are... Um, real life movies. Yeah, you know, I always learn something from a documentary. Always, whether it's about history, about nature, about business, whatever, right? And I love to read, like you already know. Um, I read anything that interests me. <laughs> <laughs> anything, magazines, books, news, whatever. Whatever, as long as it catches my fancy, I'm going to read it. The the new thing that I've included, apart from, you know, reading, watching documentaries, is, for me, talking to people. It wasn't something that I used to do particularly. I used to be an introvert. And I kind of reinvented myself. And I'm kind of like an ambivert. When I'm out, I'm extroverted. (laughs) 
<laughs> and I, I kind of have this cloak that I put over myself. And then people, when I tell people I, 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 I used to be an introvert, they're like, nah, no it's way. I'm like, yeah, yeah, I used to be an introvert. I just found a way to re- reinvent myself. And um, I remember I was talking to someone at the office. Like we had a thing, um, like a team event. And I was talking to this guy and he was like, I told him the same thing. He's like, nah, there's no way. I'm like, yeah. yeah. Like I read a book called How to Win Friends and Influence People by mm. Dale Carnegie. And I think that's the, the first book. There are two books that have influenced my life. One is um, The Richest Man in Babylon. Yep. That's the best book I've ever read. And two is How to Win Friends and Influence People. And for me, I feel like there is a certain level that you would reach if you go alone. And if you develop your people's skills, it's limitless. Because if you can talk to anyone, anywhere, at any time, man, you have no idea. You have no idea. Like I know people who, if you drop them in the middle of the desert, or if you drop them on an island, they will find their way. Yep. Not because they have extraordinary skills, but because they know how to talk to people. They know how to communicate. They know how to make people feel things. And for me, that is one thing I've been focusing on a lot in, the, in recent years. Like just having that communication like increasing and bettering my communication skills because i got to a point i think two years ago where i was like okay i think technically i have reached the level and if for instance if you're i don't know about um, africa or ghana or nigeria but i know that since i moved to germany if you're just good technically there's a cap it's not enough. It's not enough. It's not enough. You have to be able to influence people. You have to be able to make people feel things. Like when they see you and when they hear your name, they'll be like, oh, yeah, 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 that babe. Yeah. She's funny. Like doing, just making people feel something is very important. And that is one thing that I have been f- focusing on. It's not by books. It's not by, you know, putting yourself in a hole is by coming out and talking to people. If you're somewhere, you smile. Just a, s- a simple smile is something that can brighten someone's day, mm-hmm. that can make them remember, oh, that girl. Yeah. I remember that girl. You know, just having, for me, it's putting people, I won't say putting people first, but increasing my ability to connect with people Mm. because when you start providing value to people that's like the highest chain the lowest is implementation the highest is people like if you start giving people value whatever the value is you start getting what you want in life like it's things that you are optimizing for whether it is friendships whether it is love whether it is uh, financial freedom whether it is Whatever, as long as you are 
genuinely interested in people. I think for me, personally, that is where, that's what I've been working on for the past two years, past year. And it has been paying dividends. It has been paying dividends for me. If you really want to get good at this, just pick up that book. Yeah. How to Win Friends and Influence People. It's a really old book. It's really it old. Yeah. But man, what it's that guy wrote useful. is still it's relevant. Like timeless. It's, he wrote a timeless book. Yeah, he did. He wrote a timeless book. He did. Like there are things from that book that like the most important thing that I picked out of the book, one lesson. And he says, a person's name is the sweetest sound in the world to them. Yeah. I read that and there is no way I will meet somebody, I'll ask you for your name and I'll forget. Mm-hmm. I, I think keep, I learned that from that, I that book too. Reciting the name yeah. to myself. And then when I see you later, I'm like, hey, and I'll mention your name and the person and will be like, like, oh my God. You don't and just you? that oh, you can. has created like an avenue of connection where you're like, oh my God, you remember my name. Mm-hmm. And just like that, you feel something towards me. And it was just a very tiny effort. Just yeah. tiny. Yeah. Just remembering someone's name. It's as simple as that. Very simple. But it pays dividends. It does. You know, talking about books, I have you read Atomic yes. Habits by James Clear? Yes. I think it's another classic. Mm. I think it's like the how to win friends and influence people of our generation. I think yeah. like our kids would pick up that book and you know yeah. because it's 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 a classic as yeah. well. Did you love it? I did. James Clare, I've been following James Clare's newsletter for years. So when he dropped the book, I'm like, okay, this is a combination of all the things he has been saying on his newsletter, which I have been absorbing for years. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, okay, I read it. And I was like, yeah, I feel like I know James. Mm -hmm. James is consistent. What he says. Very consistent. And he lives it out. Exactly. He's a, he's, He's the embodiment of what he wrote. He did not just write something and say, pick it up. He's like, no, 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 I do it. It has changed my life. And I know it will change yours. So easy things like two-minute hack, like just picking something for two minutes. You would trick your brain. Like, okay, yeah, yeah, two minutes. But your brain will stay there. You will stay there. And before you know it, 10 minutes has passed, 15 minutes has passed, 20 minutes has passed. And you're enjoying it. And you're enjoying it. So, yeah. Thank you, James. <laughs> <laughs> Let's talk money. Okay. My favorite subject. I know. <laughs> As an evil babe, As I an know. Evil babe. <laughs> How would you define financial independence? What does it mean to you personally? Mm. Mm, 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 mm. Good question. Mm. <laughs> So, I remember I used to say this thing where people used to think I was crazy. And I used to say, I don't want to be a billionaire. I remember. And people used to be like, come on, why don't you want to be a billionaire? I'm like, see me, I want a simple life. <laughs> I, still can, I can afford something for myself. Yeah. I can take care of my family. I'm good. Mm. I have some, you know, invested somewhere. I have emergency fund. I don't want too much. But what is too much for you? Too much is billion. Okay, what is enough for you? 100 million? Euros? <sighs> dollars? Okay, let me say it like this. I, w- I don't want to call a 
an absolute amount okay. because only God knows what's in my future. Yes, please. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> but for me, financial freedom is having enough not to worry. I've come from a place where I used to worry about paying rent mm. or like being able, because in Ghana I had a time where I, I couldn't afford to pay rent for a year. And just having enough, I don't, I don't know how much, I don't want to call absolute values, I don't know. Just having enough where I'm able to take care of my immediate needs and cater for my family without worrying. That to me is financial freedom. Are you at that stage now? Yes. By the grace of God, I, I can say yes. <laughs> I love it. I okay. don't worry. Mm. By God's special grace, I don't worry about money. Yeah. So I have investments. I take care of my family. I, I can afford to fly myself. I can afford to buy things for friends. I can afford to take, like, do, give my friends surprises and stuff like that. And not worry. I think for me, the most important part is not worrying. Mm -hmm. I hate worrying about money. It's not a good feeling. Ah, I hate it. I've been there, done that, never to return. Amen. Amen. <laughs> <laughs> never to return. So, yeah. When we were talking about books, you spoke about The Richest Man in Babylon. Mm -hmm. And I know it's a financial book mm -hmm. that, you know, you've read, I've read, we've read over and over again. What are some of the key steps or financial principles you follow, you know, to achieve this life? And what are you still doing to maintain it yeah. or to grow it even? Okay. Um, I remember I, I read a book when I was dirt broke. <laughs> It's always the best time. Uh, you know, like it challenge. kicks you. You're like, <laughs> why are you playing? Get up. <laughs> Get up. <laughs> Go to work. <laughs> and one principle from the book that keeps ringing in my head is always pay yourself first. Mm. Always pay yourself first. And I remember I read the, when I read that, I was like, what does that for me? So I continued and I saw that the guy was talking about how... Um, you know, when your money comes in, you pay for things. Like you pay rent, you pay for clothes. And in your mind, you think that that is you paying yourself. Mm -hmm. But in actuality, you're paying other, other people. people. Mm -hmm. You're paying someone else who owns the building that you're living in for rent. You're paying someone else for internet. You're paying someone else for, if you have a car, you're paying someone else for that car note. You're paying someone else for clothes. Like you go to a store, you buy clothes, you buy food. All those things is you dispensing your money to other people. Like you're literally giving your money to others. How about you? Yeah. And that was the one, me, I like, I like picking one thing from a book. One thing that would stick with me for the rest of my life. And that was the one thing I picked. Pay yourself first, no matter what. I started from 10%. Now I'm about, I'm at 30. I pay myself 30%. No negotiation. Not, I'm not going to negotiate it. I don't care what I have to, the bills that I have to pay. I pay myself first. 
And that money is mine to use for whatever purpose. Mm. I split it. I put some in my emergency fund. Some of them I put in investments. But it is mine to use. Mm -hmm. So I always pay myself first. You don't have to start at 30%. I know some people pay themselves uh, 50%. Whatever your capacity is. But you shouldn't go below 10%. 10% is if you're earning 600 Ghana, let's see. Yeah. Pay, you can comfortably pay yourself 60, Six, euros, 60 yeah. Ghana. If you're earning a 1,000 euros, mm. you can pay yourself 100 euros. Mm. I promise you can live on 90. Yeah. And it would take some getting used to because in, in your mind you're like, oh, I only have 90. But you can comfortably li live on 90%. And that is one thing that I have been doing because I read a book in university and I started implementing it with my pocket money that my dad would send me. I would take 10% and keep for myself. And that is a principle that I have used till today. And by the grace of God, I've used it to build wealth for myself. And I'm still using it to build wealth for myself. I don't care what the responsibilities are. I must pay myself first. First, it's mm -hmm. a law. It cannot be broken. I must pay myself first. So for people who want to be financially independent, if you can take that rule of paying yourself first, every other thing you can allocate it however you want. If you want to spend on food, if you want to spend on clothes, if you want to spend on whatever, cars, mm. whatever. But as long as you pay yourself a percentage first, then you're signaling to yourself that I value you. Mm. I value our future. And I'm important. I'm important. Yeah. Yeah. I earn this money and I'm paying you a portion of it. Yeah. And just know that this portion goes into developing our future, developing our lifestyle in the future, whatever mm -hmm. it is. But pay yourself first. Have a portion for yourself that grows on mm -hmm. its own mm -hmm. and multiplies. Yeah. Somehow, whether you're doing business or you put it in something it is multiplying yeah so just that mindset that mentality i found i find that a lot of people don't have that and i remember there was a time i i was helping someone get out of debt in ghana and we kind of i, I told him sit down let's write out like your your earnings and how expenses. much you, and expenses and his expenses were more than his earnings i'm like guys how are you coping it's crazy like i had to teach him financial etiquette yeah. so to say yeah we got him out of debt i drew up a plan for him and i told him if you stick to this i promise you get out of debt and you yeah. start building wealth yeah today he's married he's he's fine, he's fine. <laughs> and he yeah. got out of that debt just following basic, basic principles rules. yeah did you have any money mindset that you had to change to get to this level of financial independence to be quite frank I have been really good with money because at a young age, I knew I didn't really have money and I knew what I wanted in life was to be okay. Mm -hmm. When I learned the lesson of paying yourself, yourself first, I was pretty young. I think I was 17. So at the time, money was not flowing in my hand yet mm -hmm. like that. But I already knew and had inculcated that principle in my head. 
So I've never had a problem with saving. Money. Saving. I've never had a problem with saving. I've never had a problem with investments. Never. Never. Do you know there was a time you told me that you are addicted to saving? Uh-huh. <laughs> you okay. used to say that a lot. Okay. <laughs> now that you say that, I just I remember one thing I had to change. I, had, I remember one thing I had to change. And I remember one day I called my mom and I was like, because my mom is very different from me. My mom is the type of person that she can have 20K. I should be spending all of it. Because she's like, man, life is one. When you have problem, solve the problem <laughs> with the money. <laughs> and I remember, now that you mentioned that, mm. I used to be so stingy with myself. So the fact that I would wear one pair of shoes and those shoes would be dying. And I would say, nah, I will not spend my money. <laughs> <laughs> nah, this should be die on my leg. <laughs> so like, I used to be extremely stingy with myself. Yeah. And I think it was about a year, two mm. years ago. I think maybe a year safe that I started saying, you know what? Like I had a friend in my life that she's always like, Chamaka, spend the money now. <laughs> You're not spending out of your savings. Your, your savings yeah. is separate. Yeah. This is your spend money. Just spend spending. it. So I always used to feel like at the time, everything I had in my hand, I had to save. Mm. Because I had come from a... The struggle. The struggle. Know, the luck. The, the lack, lack. The lack. You know. Yeah. So that was, yes. Yeah. I had to change that. And that is very recent. It's yeah. like a year, year ago, mm. I had to change that. Because I was like, see, Chimaka, you cannot keep looking like a scrap <laughs> when you have, you have money, money in the money to buy stuff. Like you have money to pay for stuff that yeah. would alleviate you of stress but you're mm. stressing yourself yeah yeah so it was there's this article i wrote a long time ago on medium and i remember i called it poverty mindset mm-hmm. because i felt like i had the poverty mindset i know what you're talking about and it is recently that i've started shaking that off yeah like it's okay it's okay to spend it's okay, it's okay. Spend your money. it is not part of your of the uh, my my own rule is I don't want to spend my savings. Yeah. Except it is utterly necessary. Yeah. yeah. I don't just want to be the type of person that I'm so careful with my spending. Mm. That I'm like, oh, yeah, I want to buy this thing. It's 1,000 euros. I don't have up to 1,000 euros. I will put my hand in my savings. Mm-hmm. When you start having that mentality, man, it's, it's, uh, man, it, it's no longer savings now. You end up at the bank. It's no longer savings. Yeah. You You would crush yourself. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, you're working. You're working to, to take care of, take care of yourself. Yeah. So sometimes I could just, you know, so I want this thing. Can I afford it from my, my spending yeah. allocation? Yes, I can afford it. Then go let's for go it. for it. Yeah. So yeah, that's one thing I have yeah. to change. Yeah. It's interesting that money mindset can be like out of luck or out of abundance. Mm. But mm. The, the point is that... They, there are lots of things that you may be thinking wrongly or addressing wrongly, yes. whether you're coming from the point of abundance or lack. Yeah, yeah. Mm. So it's something that, yes, I had yeah. to change. Yeah. Because when you necessary. come from a, a point of lack, mm. you feel like every little coin you have, you, you have, have to, to hold, hold it. it. Ooh. Yeah. And that is a poverty it's mindset. It's a poverty mindset. And it's God not, does not operate yes, like it's, that. It's, it's not, you can't live like that. Because 
God gives in abundance. In abundance. Yeah. And he expects you to act from a place of abundance. Exactly. So if you are holding, your hands are your hands are fisted. How is he supposed to give you anything yeah. if your hands are closed? Yeah. So it's something that I I know there are a lot of there might be people listening to me that, right now and they're like, eh, man, if you have the money yeah. and you can afford it with no issues to your savings, savings your emergency fund, your investment spend, yeah. it will come back. It will. It's a it's a pop, it's a mindset that I have started inculcating in myself. Yeah. Money will come back. Come back. Not for real. It will come back. For real. <laughs> no, it will. It will. It took me a long time to learn that, but it will. Ah, it, it will come back. It will come. There's more wherever oh. that came from. Once you're not being wasteful, once you're being a good steward of mm-hmm. what you're being given, like it spend it back. on yourself, like buy nice things for yourself, take buy yourself good out. books. You know, take yourself. If you could give one piece of advice to your 21 year old self, mm. what would it be? Remember, 21 NYC, 198 Alawi. Hmm. What would I tell myself? Relax. Mm. Relax. God has got you. It gets better. It gets better. Like, just relax. I was so anxious as a 21-year-old. I just wanted to make money, make money. And I didn't want to make money in a fraudulent way. Yeah. Because I wasn't raised like that. So I would tell myself, now that I'm here, eight years after, I would tell myself, relax. God has got you. It gets better. It gets better. It gets better. Just be patient. I think the relax is be patient. Mm. Be patient. Mm. Just be patient. It 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 will all work out in the end. And I'm even still talking to my 29-year-old yeah. self right now. Be patient. Okay. Yeah. Be patient. That's God the has time. God just we're following God at the back. He knows where he's going. Mm. Follow Uno Road. That's mm. a slang that um, we Nigerians say. Follow Uno Road. It means follow who knows the road. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh my <laughs> follow Uno Road. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. just be patient. Be mm. patient. What does the future look like mm. from where you stand now? I know you are following who no road. Only God knows. Yeah. Only God knows. Man, I, I have enough light mm. to put my foot in front of the other. Yeah. Only God knows. I I always say this thing where I hate planning my year, my life in five years. You know, it's five years. Yeah, five, five years, years ten years. Oh, you don't it. like it. Why? The, m- the most I can do is two years. Because mm. I feel like it's clearer. It's clearer. Two years is in it's it's is a good amount of time yeah. where I can see a little, and then uh, two years changes a lot. Like two years is a long time. It's a long time. It's a long it time. Is. It is. Like you can change your entire life in two years. One year self. One year self. You can change your life. So, um, I had this thing I used to say that I was going to be a software engineer t- until I was thirty-five. I have six more years. Mm. After that, God knows we move. <laughs> but one thing I've always wanted to do is to own um, an airline company for Africa travel. 
I feel like it is ridiculously expensive to travel in Africa. And it, it doesn't make it sense is. to me. It is. Like, why would I pay over a thousand euros to go from Nigeria to somewhere like South Africa or Rwanda or Ethiopia? It's it a big doesn't problem. make sense. Meanwhile, in Europe, you can Listen. use 50 euros, 100 euros, go somewhere, come back. I don't know what it is. I've talked to people about it. They're like, oh, it's the policies, it's yeah. the taxes, the taxes yeah. blah, blah, blah. But it's something that is in my heart to do. And by the grace of God, he will find a way for me to do it. Yeah. So that is one thing that I've held on to since I was about 22, 23. Uh, eventually, I would, I would get around to doing this. Hmm. I would get around to doing this. I love it. I can't wait to see it happen. Amen. Oh. Yeah. Amen. The, the sword cutting. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So you know this community is fairly new. Yeah. And we have women, you know, people starting life. Mm-hmm. I mean, starting life professionally. So mm-hmm. like fresh guards. We have people who are in the middle of their career looking to, you know, rise through the ranks or even pivot completely. Mm-hmm. What would you tell them? Have a strategy. Be systematic about it. If you feel like you're in a different career, you want to pivot, look for transferable skills. And you can talk to people, reach out to people on the internet. People are usually really friendly. Um... But have a strategy. Don't just go about it haywire. Like it's not gonna work. Like if you know what you want, like okay, I want to pivot from here to here. I want to rise through the ranks. So I want to get into this industry. I'm new. If you're new, the best way would be to find someone that you can emulate. It is difficult to um, go on it by yourself. I had someone who helped me along the way. I'm not going to mention his name. I had someone who helped me a lot. And um, just having, I know right now, a lot of people are really busy. So some people go about it the wrong way. I want you to be my mentor. Ah, Nobody got time. If you find someone, that is my, this is my strategy now that I'm about to give. And I've said it before if you were listening. If you find someone that does things that you want to do, copy them. Copy, like, verbatim. Copy them. How do you... Just watch them and copy them. Because I know there are a lot of people who I know who are very good in tech, but they don't have time to sit down with you and mentor you. If you find somebody that has that time, perfect. But if you don't, copy them. If you see something that you don't know how to copy particularly, ask them. That is when they'll be like, okay, I can give you a few minutes of my time to teach you this little thing, and then you go. Yeah. But it, you on your, on your own side, you know what you're doing. Like you know like you're copying this person. And then at some point, the person will start to feel like, okay, you're not bothering me as much. I know you're trying to emulate some things. 
and out of the goodness of their heart, they would come and start saying, "Okay, uh, this is let me. This is how it. I do. This how I do. This how I do it." But I think a lot of, especially like new people, like uh, youngins, young girls, they always are looking for someone to hold them on the by the hand, and nobody has that time. I'm sorry, nobody has that time. So if you see someone you like, copy them. And another thing is, I love people who are, they take their own, they take initiative. Ah, that's the word, initiative. I love it. And I think it is, it is so important. You don't wait for someone to tell you to do something. Don't wait for someone to push you or for someone to give you initiative. And when people see that driving you, they're attracted to you and they want to help you as well. Yeah. Right? So that's for people who are trying to get into the industry. Like uh, young, fresh grads. For people who want to pivot, look for transferable skills. Things that you know you can map to what you're currently doing. Right? Mm -hmm. Look for that. Find it. Harness it. Squeeze the juice out of it. And reach out to people who are in that role on LinkedIn. People are really kind on LinkedIn. Mm. Reach out to them on LinkedIn. They can have like a 30-minute session with you, one-hour session with you, give you resources. And you have to read on your own. Nobody's gonna, nobody has time to baby people. And for the third category of people who want to rise in the ranks, if you know your technical skills are great, focus on the soft skills. Focus on making an impact person like in personally with communication skills, soft skills, uh communication wise, just the soft part of it. Hard skills are not enough. I learned that two years ago and great by God's grace I got promoted a year after. Soft skills is what will push you beyond uh, where you think you've capped. Soft skills will take you beyond that. Hard skills are not enough. So that's my piece of advice to the three categories of women or girls. Thank you for coming. Thank you. Did you enjoy your time here? I did. First podcast, it was pretty lit. (laughs) (laughs) I'm happy. Thank you for coming. I... I I think that everyone who listened to this particular episode learned a couple of things and picked actionable points to implement in their lives. Even if you pick one, that is that yeah. is a success to me. Yeah, just one thing. Yeah, that's a success to me. Okay, guys, let us know how much you loved this episode um, today. Subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, wherever. Just subscribe. Leave a review. You can follow Chiamaka on LinkedIn. Um, Her name on LinkedIn is Chiamaka Iwolisa. It's in the show notes. So please follow her on LinkedIn and on Twitter. I'm very inactive on Twitter. And yeah, my she's on and off on Twitter. LinkedIn is where you can find me. Yes. So I would please. try to respond. But anywhere else, I'm kind of a recluse. So, sorry. True. Okay. So, please follow her on LinkedIn. Send her a connect, connection request. And 
just send her an email if you can however yeah you can also send me an email um, my email is always open you can put in the show notes as well yeah. chamakamwolisa at gmail.com yes so her email will be in the show notes please send her an email if you want to reach out to her personally and I look forward to hearing all the stories thank you so much for making the time to listen to the Zero to Woman podcast this has been amazing my name is Chifa Mensa Okbata and I can't wait to see you all next week bye bye bye